Welcome back, Goldmine readers, and, well, now listeners, too. Uh, this is editor Patrick Prince, and this is the Goldmine Magazine podcast. It's the first one of September, and we have an interview with uh, Pink Floyd-famed artist Gerald Scarf, and later an interview with the singer of the rock band Jackal, a band celebrating their 25th year, and there'll be other surprises as well. But first... Uh, Talking about Gerald Scarf, this is a pretty huge deal. Um, the artist is selling original artwork via the San Francisco Art Exchange. And the San Francisco Art Exchange has been selected by Scarf to uh, exclusively represent his most valuable collection of rock artwork ever to be offered for sale. And that, you guessed it, Pink Floyd's 1982 The Wall. And it's 11 original paintings created in hand-selected by Gerald um, as his most important works. Uh, among them, among these paintings, um, you'd have, uh, and you've seen these these paintings before, I'm sure, these these, these pieces of art, iconic artwork. Um, the Scream, uh, The Wife with the Flaming Hair, you've seen that with the red hair. Um, the Giant Judge and Hammers marching. The Mother, and of course the gross inflatable pig uh and so on and so forth uh they're that you've seen them uh around and now you can own one actually and also you can own one of the original storyboard created for the film uh it incorporates 50 original uh, renderings it's uh, pretty massive um now you can view all the this artwork at uh www dot sfae.com um, we're going to talk to gerald to get a little history of their artwork and what it was like to uh working with roger waters and pink floyd um the san francisco art exchange is the sole gallery uh authorized to sell these paintings if you're a collector with the right cash of course you can own one of these historical items or maybe you're just a curious collector window shopping taking a look at uh history um, but anyway, I would love to have a scarf painting I know hanging in my office. Um, so I'm sure everyone, whether they're willing to buy or willing to look, uh, you can go to the, the website and check it out. Uh, so we'll return after this message, brief message, and we'll talk with Gerald Scarf. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine. The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Gerald? Yeah. Hi, this is Pat from Goldmine. Hi, Pat. Tell me how... How did you? How did this all start? How did you um, get in touch with the San Francisco Art Exchange? How did it all start? Well, um, some ladies who were in the kind of um, sort of agent type business, I guess, and, yeah. and have dealt with rock and roll um, things, but came to my house and they saw this. Or I told them about this amazing collection of Pink Floyd stuff that I'd got, and I, I hadn't really sold any of it, and it was all vintage stuff going way, way back to the time when Roger and I kind of put the wall together in my house from where I'm talking now in Chelsea, London, and uh, 
originally it came, uh, you know, Roger came to my house and said he was, he'd written the war. I was working with him beforehand on Wish You Were Here on Bits and Pieces, and then, but then he came and said he'd written the wall and that we should make a record and a, a show and, uh, and also film a movie out of it, all of which to his credit he accomplished and he came to my house here many times and, uh, we talked over the script and what we would do and so forth. And I, my job, of course, was to visualize it all. And to that end, I made lots and lots of drawings. And we even put a storyboard together in my house here. Uh, we would stick, you know, little pictures about eight inches long mm. and four inches deep uh, on the wall, which I would sketch very, very quickly. And that would give us a visual idea of the film. I wanted it to be very visual, the whole film, obviously, for obvious reasons. And um, so, I, you know, we met uh, through a film that I'd made in Los Angeles, mm. which was called Long Drawn Out Trip, which is an animated film that I drew myself, where I drew everything that I could think of American at that particular point, you know, John Wayne, Frank Sinatra, Empire State Building, Playboy Magazine, Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, and everything, you know, Black Power there was at the time, and yeah. all of these elements and the astronauts just walking on walked on the moon. So all of these elements I put into a kind of stream of consciousness. And uh, apparently Roger rang Nick the next day and he said, did you see that film on TV last night? And uh, Nick said, yeah, yeah, he said, it's amazing. He said, and Roger said, well, we've got to get this guy to work with this. He's fucking mad. <laughs> So that's how the association began, and uh, you know went on for many many years. And of course, I still know them, and they're still I'm still friends with them. But we're not actually producing any more work. So all of that work from way back in the eighties there existed, um, and um, they said, you know, we know a place in San Francisco that might be interested. San Francisco Art Exchange. Mm. I said, okay, I mean, you know, so depending on what prices they get, maybe I should try it. You know... Because uh, up, until, up until then, they've been my private collection. Right. Uh, and then, you know, it did extremely well. It's, uh, you know... We, I heard. We for very high prices. Yeah. Uh, um, what, what, what Jim calls the, the highest prices for rock and roll art yet. Yeah. He says... Well, I was going to say that maybe you should make another film because when you made the, the, the first one, it's kind of like the 2017 is like the late 60s now. Yes, yes, maybe. <laughs> There's a hell of a lot of work goes into these movies. Though. Oh. I mean, animation in particular, there were 12 frames every second. Yes. Uh, and if you want to make it real slow animation, Disney animation, it could be 24 drawings per second. So that's a very labor-intensive and takes a lot of money. And I also uh, was production designer on Hercules in the Disney production of Hercules. Ooh. And uh, Disney and, you know, groups like Pink Floyd are the only ones who can pay those kind of right. bills at the end of the day. Right. So um, I've had a lot of rock groups come to me since and say, can we do the same thing? Well, no, you can't. You don't. Kind of. You just don't have that kind of money. <laughs> it's very, very labor-intensive. Sure. Uh, so all my original designs and so forth are up for sale, and uh, for a limited time. I think I don't know whether I'm going to go on doing this, but um, Jim has persuaded me to, to 
depart with you know some of the major ones. And that is Jim. It's not God, Jim know, Hartley. Jim, yes, yes. Hmm. He's, he he runs uh, San Francisco Art Exchange. I know him as Jim, and I've forgotten what his second name is. He's giving me a real memory test here today. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but what is uh, you know? I got to ask you this: Which piece is your personal favorite? Well, it's always a difficult question for an artist, that because you know, I know it's all his. They're like children. They're like children in a way. They are indeed, and um, but of course, there are some that have become major pieces because they've been seen so very often around the world. And uh, yes, there's the, the scream, the screaming head. Yeah, and there's the, the wife with the flaming hair, yeah. and the, the teacher ramming the kids into the mincer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, I actually had a guy uh, ring, call me, email me about, um, well, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. And he said that, uh, could he have my signature? And I said, yeah, sure, why? Why? He said, I want to have it tattooed on my arm. And uh, <laughs> I said, why is that? And he said, you know, I'll, I'll send you a picture. And his whole arm and chest were covered with my drawings. Wow. And uh, he wanted... Uh, to have my signature added to that. Does that scare you a little? Well, <laughs> if he does scare me a little, yeah. It, if he, you know, he was asking my permission. I said, well, hang on, it's your body. You, you, you screw it up if you like. You know, I'm, you're very welcome to, but I wouldn't do it if I were you. And um, anyway, this guy, he was a kind of um, uh, a fairly middle-aged kind of guy. And... Um, he he sent me a VHS of him having this tattoo put on, with the blood streaming down his arm, and uh, he was dressing me during this tattooing on my signature on his arm. And he said, "Mr. Scarf, I I want to thank you for everything you did for me in the Gulf War." He said, "You got me through the Gulf War. Your images." And well, that's cool. That's isn't cool. that weird? Yeah. But I mean, I can't think how because they're such disturbing images. And on top of that, a nice guy. He he said to him, you know, because I. I am so proud of what you did for me. I'm going to send you my Gulf War medal. Wow. Which he did. You know, the guy sent me his Gulf War medal. Uh, of course, I sent it back. I said, you know, you're the, you're the hero. I'm just a jobbing artist. So uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he got it back. But uh, yeah, a lot of people, you know, have it. So it's very iconic. And of course, at the time we were making it, yeah. there was no such feeling that it would be any. You never know what anything is going to turn out as. But... Um, it has become a kind of iconic thing around the world. I know simply because of the amount of emails and uh, mail I get, and things, you know, asking people to, to sign this, sign that, sign the other. Well, my favorite, I think, is the gross inflatable pig. Yeah. Uh, that that <laughs> black and white uh, drawing is uh, fantastic. Yeah. And, and that influenced uh, Roger, I guess, to incorporate that into the show absolutely i mean it's a two-way process naturally roger has many many uh good visual ideas although he i have to say this for roger he's an ideal employer of whatever i would call him yeah he's not, not i guess he's mainly a friend but he's also an employer he says that if you hire an artist mm. to do some work for you you don't I'll try and alter that work. You know, right. that is what you're paying him for, right. his vision and his idea. And so he was always very, very kind of, uh, he went along with 
all of my kind of visual suggestions. Sometimes, you know, he'd say, it would be good if we did this or did that. But in the main, it was a very um, easy relationship. We um, we played a lot of snooker and we drank a lot of beer. And uh, it was during those sessions, I think, that we began to get, you know, ideas together. And, <clears throat> and uh, so he uh, he had his input and I had my input. My job, of course, is to is to visualize his lyrics, to, yes. make, to, to work in tandem, to make, make them work together. And um, I, I think, although I say it myself, in, in that particular instance, it worked extremely well. Well, the pig is perfect because it's supposed to be, uh, you know, it's Gross. it's not a gentle pig. It's a corporate no, no. pig. <laughs> it's, it's the one the pigs don't sue, really, because you know, they, <laughs> this is not a good image. They're quite nice gentle creatures i think although they do eat one another <laughs> <laughs> well do you do you like the way he's incorporated your art into his shows yes i mean it uh, it, it works uh, beautifully and it started on wish you were here yeah and i would uh, make drawings and animations and roger would say just bring them around to the gig you know and we'll, and we'll lace them up and put them on the screen and i said well you it, but it won't match the music. He said, doesn't matter about that. Then, you know, that's, I'll find a place to put it in. You just do the images and I'll find a place. This is Wish You Were Here. And yeah. uh, and he had this theory, and it, to a certain extent it's right, that if you put an image to a piece of music, even though it apparently doesn't fit, the brain will make it fit. Yes. Somehow. It, it'll think it's meant to be there and it will make, right. you know, make it work. And it's very true that you can you can stick a piece of music on anything really, uh, pictures on any music, and it, they'll take on a different meaning. That's a great point. You yeah. can see that with album covers. Um, yeah, he. I mean, his shows now have taken on. They've evolved, and they evolve with uh, whatever's current. In fact, that pig is now uh, basically Trump. Trump. <laughs> He's, I think if ever I saw one. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really, uh, you know, whatever is going on at the time, and I think he's also, you know, kind of comparing the wall to the wall that's supposedly going to be built. The Mexican wall, yeah. Yeah, so, you know. I mean, he, no, he, he, I mean Roger always was political, I he guess. He was, yes. Know? And I yes. think that's why he came to me, not only because of this film called Long Drawn Out Trip, but because... I have a reputation in this country of being a political caricaturist cartoonist. Yes. Uh, with a sort of biting edge. And I think Roger is very political in a broad sense, you know, and um, he uh, he likes to talk politics. And so, and as we know, he's, he's taken up a lot of stands on various... various he has, he has integrity. He doesn't... Uh, if he believes in something, he will say it. He, he doesn't... Sure, sure. Um, so I respect that. Mm, mm. Um, Me too. So now every edition, which is great, is going to be signed. Um, every edition of it, there's a special print done for this occasion, which, you know, is the Scream and the Hammers. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's going at a certain price. The Jim tells me that, you know, as they run out, he's he's putting the price up, so it's kind of like well, buy early, one of those. I'm on the side. Uh, it I, says three thousand. Um, yes, does it? Yeah. Well, he says you know when they start to go, he's going to sort of um, increase. I didn't know you could do that, but he's doing it. Um, well, it's only a, they're only a hundred. 
Um, yeah, no, plus that, that, ten artist proofs. It says that's right, and quite a lot have gone already. So yeah, it's moving. I, I could see that image being the one. Um, well, people think of the wall; they probably think of that image, right? The scream. So, yeah, yeah. Jim put it up in Times Square. I, I have a photograph of it projected onto one of those screens in Times Square. Where really? Yeah, where he was. Um, so he's obviously backing it, uh, you know, very, in a very hundred percent kind of way. He certainly believes in it. And uh, and I went to there was an exhibition, and I went over to San Francisco to to open that and to uh, to sign some stuff and all that. And, and there's another one, the oh, the storyboards. That to me, that's fascinating. Um, that is one I didn't really want to let go of. <laughs> yeah, I was oh. gonna, I was just gonna ask you. That's a hard one to. Um, well, that's the essence of the film, really. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's. Um, but uh, you know, the the guys who have bought the uh, material so far, prices no, you know, they, they just want to have this reminder of their childhood i mean not childhood but their their youth or... of course i think this is wonderful a collector can have this and yeah um but this storyboard i think should be like in a museum or so this is um the well, evolution of the film you know yeah absolutely it is it's uh and uh, many of the initial ideas started on that storyboard and which right. grew and then they grow and grow um Gerald, and do you... you know but making a storyboard is a very good aid to Everybody really, because they you can actually see yeah. what you're going to get or what you're likely to get, and you can read a script and you can interpret it many ways in your mm. head, I guess. Mm. But if you look at pictures, they are pretty explicit. You can see more or less what it is straight away, and that's why I think visuals are such a great international language. You know, you can you can show visuals in any country. You don't need. Right, it's a way of... Re read right. or write the language, you just can read them. It's the greatest it's, communication, it, right? It is, it's man's original kind of communication, I guess, for the old cave drawings on the walls and that. Well, this storyboard, it says 50 individual illustrations, um, yeah. watercolor on paper. Um, yeah. So, wow, this is... Uh, this do, you is have, do you have an, an illustration of it? Do I do, in front of, of me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and it's huge, too, it's, it's about... Um, Thirty nine and a half by yeah, ninety eight and a half. Yeah, it's big. You need a big house for that one. It doesn't even say the price. It says call. So. Oh really? Oh really? <laughs> so that, that, that sounds frightening. <laughs> <laughs> now do now today an illustrator right would do all of this on computer. You yes. think right? Have have That's you? Another reason is unique. Yeah. Have you worked, collaborated with younger illustrators and seen how they, the, the process today compared to... Yes, I have, and um, I, I'm not computer literate myself, but I worked, uh, I was invited to be production designer on Walt Disney's Hercules, as I said, yeah. and um, they, in that, that was the last hand-drawn Walt Disney style movie in other words you know each frame was drawn except for one particular sequence which featured a creature called the Hydra a Greek Greek myth and the Hydra was one of those 
mythological creatures who, when you cut its head off, two heads, heads grew in its place. Oh. You cut those two off oh, and yeah. you got four. So this was a very perfect thing for a computer to do because all I had to do was draw the one Hydra head and then the computer could regenerate all the other heads and, uh, and move them around. So um, we, I, I made my designs and drawings and um, then the, the, the kind of geeks there, or whatever you would call them, you know, at, in those days they were considered as unusual people who worked on CGI. <laughs> uh, they're pretty much the norm now. Yeah. And uh, they would... Um, so I followed, you know, I, I worked out what they were doing. They would, they would take my drawing and they would make a three-dimensional model of it and they would put that model into the computer and then they could move it around however much they did. And um, they they worked on this for oh, quite a long time and it was, you know, quite early work in the computer industry. And um, when they finished it, you know, I said, but that took forever. And uh, I said, don't you think it would have been quicker to do it in the old Walt way, you know, hands yeah. on this? And they said, yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but uh, um, because when they had done it it did look computerized computerized right. images do as you know look computerized so to make it fit the rest <laughs> of the movie which was hand drawn they had to go over the whole thing again and make it look graphic hmm. and uh, so it cost a lot of money to do it but um well there's I, something I there's something to be said about the tangible though um yeah i i i i did for a short period of time um I, I assigned art for magazines and it was during that change when you get a piece of art and you have the paper that it's on and you have the texture there's something about it when you yeah. get it just on computer as a digital image <laughs> it's not quite the same no but i mean there have been some fantastic uh, you know toy story shrek all, right. all of those movies had uh, you know they are they're, they're a different genre but yep. they are incredibly successful and, 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 and fun. And um, But, of course, I'm an artist, and I think there's a wonderful magic about making a still drawing come to life, a wonderful magic about making it true. Move. And when I worked with the Disney animators, it was my job to kind of try and keep the animators in line to my style. And so yes. I was rather like a teacher going around the desks of these guys saying, you know, that nose is too long or that, you know, that shouldn't that be like that? And they would try and adapt to my style. But um, what I grew to respect really was how those Disney animators could um, show through a series of drawings, you know, unrequited love or jealousy or anger or all of these emotions. They can make still drawings mm. You know they can convince you that, that you know they can make you cry right with the, with these images and um so I, you know I, I hope animation of that type hasn't died. The trouble is of course, like when any industry falls out like that, then there's no young people coming along learning it there's no apprentice system where they can sit and look over the master's shoulder and and because the you know the masters are dying out and they're not being replaced. Right. So, but I guess you know, I hear it's coming back. You know, I hear Disney itself is doing more animated stuff. But of course, the whole of Pink Floyd was done hand drawn, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I started 
in my house here was like two animators, and then we went to four, and then we went to ten, and then we went up and up. Eventually, I, you know, I had a, a whole basement of a building which was full of these guys scribbling away, and um, it's a very boring job, I think, being an animator. You know, you're doing <laughs> well. You're doing the same image, you know. If you if you just want to do a guy raising his arm from. Side it it takes the, a long time. To right? a salute, it takes a long yeah. time to do all those arms going up. Well, I hope you saved a few of these, a few of the original paintings for yourself. I know you. Uh... I have. Okay, yeah, good. I've, I've, still, I've, still got, I've still got some good ones. Okay. Uh, uh, but Jim has managed to prize some, like the storyboard you say of me, uh, which is, uh, you know, I didn't really want to let go of it, but. If he gets a high price for it, well, then that is some satisfaction, as we all know. <laughs> well, to, lastly, I just want to ask, will you be, you think you'll be working with Roger or any of the Pink Floyd crew again? Well, um, the, you know, Roger's new show, I did quite a lot of work when he put that on the road, and I traveled with that a little bit. But right. And he uh, adapted my work to the new show, and right. um, so... Um, but you know, I, he lives in America, and I live here. Yes. And uh, so I, I stayed, I stayed, I stayed with him, you know, a couple of times over there, and um, we 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 remain friends. And um, but I can't really think, I can't see that it will happen again. He's completely wound up in expanding the wall. Yes. And uh, and 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 making that work, and he's been on the road for like two or three years now with it's it. amazing yeah god knows how he does it he's getting on a bit too you know but he's incredibly fit and um i said you know how, how how are you doing this you know and he says well you know what's not to like yeah he's doing what he wants to do and he's true. making a lot of money you know so, well, what's not to like that's true. Look, all the other people that have nine to five jobs, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got. Well, the... it can be it can be very hard on the road, as you know. Sure, and, you know it's, it can be bro hard and boring too. But you know, he also he's has a to... message. He has a message. He's like an activist, so he's he's he has you know every time is important. He wants to sure. get as much done as he can. Sure, sure. Um, now he won't, he won't be able to go on prancing about. In his eighties, well, you never know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but th thank you so much for uh, talking to us. Yes, all and right. thank you for your. I wish interest. you all the best with with the uh, San Francisco Art Exchange, and we'll be promoting it. So yeah, okay. Thank Thanks, you very Gerald. Much. Okay, bye. All right. now. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Again, collectors, go to San Francisco Art Exchange at uh, www.sfae.com. Take a look, check it out. Now, before we get to Jackal, I wanted to mention a cool album recommendation. It's a release by Santana and the Isley Brothers together, and the record's called Power of Peace. Uh, this is one of my picks for new releases. Uh, Carlos Santana and the Isley Brothers uh, grouped up, and they performed some great material, including a great rendition of Swamp Dogs, Total destruction to your mind, I might add. It's uh, very cool. Great guitar playing. Um, but a P at a PR junket in Manhattan, um, Carlos Santana had some cool stuff to say about the power of music and the new album uh, with the Isleys. I had my tape recorder on hand, and I'm, I'm going to play it for you. Here's a few quotes from Carlos. 
you know, people still talk about Woodstock for a reason. Because Woodstock represented something beyond organized politics or religion. It represented spirituality. Spirituality is not religion, with all respect to religion. Spirituality is rain from heaven. Religion is Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola. Dig it? For us, there's no, there's no division between here and heaven. You know, there's no uh, division. We can, we can, like Prince, go to the other side. Or, you know, I say they just changed their zip code. <laughs> They're still here. You know? uh, so again, we feel really honored and grateful to be part of this love offering because it's a, it's a love offering to ourselves and to the world. We believe um, with courage that the world needs this CD. I encourage people to play it. Parking lots, shopping malls, CNN, everywhere. <laughs> so you can correct a twisted, crooked mind that wants to har harm other people. When you play this music, I call it medicine music because it heals people from thinking incorrectly. And one thing also that is, again, that is very needed in this planet is for every human being to remember, she or he, your innocence. You remember your thirst for adventure and your innocence. When you remember your innocence, uh, you can create wonderment. Because you cannot get to heaven until you become a child. And children are not afraid to try anything and everything, anytime, anywhere. You know, so this sense of adventure, power of peace, is, uh, you know, I'll just say it straight up. It's mighty. It's not wishy-washy kind of sort of maybe. It ain't that. There's a intense intentionality about creating music. You all remember when the Berlin Wall came down and Mandela was free? It happened the same day. <coughs> you know, some fools try to create more walls. And we said, you don't have to, save your money. It's already in people's heads. So we want to take the wall out of people's heads by creating this kind of frequency. And as Brother George Lopez said, if you, are, if you are going to try to create this wall, you better make sure you make it in, in one night because the next morning it won't be there. You know, people will steal it, you know, all, all, this, all this stuff. Thank you for being here and helping us transmit a frequency, a frequency to alleviate and bring to four corners of the world unity and harmony. I thought those quotes were pretty cool from Carlos. Um, also, guitarist Ernest Ernie Isley uh, is a gem of a guitarist, too, and was blown away to do an album with Carlos. Um, check out that album currently in stores, Power of Peace. Um, okay, now we're about to talk with Jackal frontman Jesse Dupree about the new album, Jackal's new album, simply titled Jackal, and it's celebrating 25 years of the band. The LP is an anthology of sorts, 
and has two previously unreleased songs. Before we get to the interview, we're going to play one of those unreleased songs. It's called Hot and Nasty. It's a hard rocker. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. And after that, we'll begin the interview with Jesse. Here goes Hot and Nasty. So 25 years, I, I think that's uh, longevity. What do you think? You know, I'm, I'm very proud of our 25 years and looking forward to adding some more to the to the kitty, you know. Does it feel like 25 years? No, it don't. <laughs> yeah. It really don't. Um, it went by really fast. But again, I'm not complaining. We've we've been very blessed, and a lot of a lot of great stuffs happened. So, what what has been your favorite moment? You think in that 25 years? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is just you know, just I mean, I worked so hard to work so hard to you know for that for that first record to um, to be, to become a platinum album. I mean, it meant, it, initially I wanted a gold record, gold record, gold record, and then as I educated myself into the business and realized that gold was only halfway to platinum, right. I had to I had to adjust my mindset, and then and then uh, so I got focused on the platinum, and we just we just worked our ass off to uh, 
we just worked our ass off to make sure that we, you know, that 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 we certified ourselves, you know, and validated ourselves. And it was so I'd, I'd say it's probably one of the most proudest moments was was just was when that first album went platinum. <laughs> I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head when you you yourself in a PR um, said you would describe yourself as a cross between Black Oak, Arkansas, and ACDC. Well, that's what everybody was saying about us, um, you know, in the, in the beginning. And, you know, people were just automatically, you know, comparing us to that. And we knew about ACDC, but we didn't really know about Black Oak. So we had to, uh, one of those wrote maybe. So we had to go and... Um, um, we had to go and, and do a little research and we fell in love with, with Hot and Nasty by Black Oak, Arkansas. So we cut those tracks, you know, about 20 years ago, cut, cut the basic tracks for that Hot and Nasty. And now then we found the, the tracks and we put it on this new record. Yeah, Black Oak, Arkansas is an um, underrated band. They... You know, I know Jim Dandy over the years. And he's, he's just a, he's a, he's an incredible guy. He's really sweet, man. Yeah, I think they never got their due. Um, they kind of had that Southern Rock, perfect Southern Rock thing going on, but they just yeah, never, they, never got yeah, their they, due. They, they were just the definition of raw. Yes, yeah. Um, that is raw. You guys are pretty raw too. I mean, when you live, you what do you think? I mean, you think more raw live or in the studio? that's what it's all about i mean you know um you know there's the live show i mean you know most bands go in and do a, a, an album and then they do a tour to promote the album we go in and do albums so we'd have an excuse to be touring right yeah it's it, it used to be before you album sales were everything now it's it's really you got to go out and tour you, um... Yeah, you know, for us you know again it was a, a monumental moment for us, us to have a platinum record and that's a proud moment but then you know, I look at other things like, you know, creating a ruckus at Woodstock 94 or singing, you know, the only time anybody in ACDC's ever performed outside their band with the track locked and loaded or singing with Daryl Mack from Run DMC, you know, Grammy, another Grammy, uh, I mean, a Hall of Fame artist. Yeah. You know, um, you, know uh, you know, just, uh, you know, setting 100 shows in 50 days, Guinness World Book Record. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of proud moments. Well. You know, after 25 years, does it get hard to keep on the road, or it's just like uh, it's it's natural, comes natural? Well, I mean, you know, I've, I've, all I've ever known is the road. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, but, it, you know, it, it's it's something that um, it's something that's just in our blood, and we do it, you know? You don't know and, any different. And I got to tell you, as far as picking a name, Jackal's one of the coolest rock and roll names. <laughs> I don't know how you guys yeah. came about that, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff Worley came up with that. It just it, it works. It's you know a lot of names get either weird or goofy. Jackal's just it's just a good name. It really is. It's it, you know scavenger dogs living off the land. That's us. <laughs> Do you think what what are some future goals for Jackal now that you turned twenty five? Um, you know, I just I just want to I'd like to take it out. You know, uh, you know, just, just hard and heavy with a never say die attitude. You know, just 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 keep it going, and I mean, it's hard to I can't imagine an end. I mean, I just, just want to just keep playing it out and swinging hard. Is it that same Keith Richards attitude? I, 
I'll play until I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's just what we do. <laughs> is, is, there a, is there a place where you'd like to tour that you haven't yet? Um, there's lots of places we'd like to move, but we stay so busy and, you know, you know we, we can stay busy up and down the Midwest of the United States year round. You know, just we're out there where, you know, real blue collar America thrives. That's, that's where our home is. But I've heard that, um, like, for instance, South America loves hard rock. They love rock and roll. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard that too. We haven't made it down there yet. I, I, and that is a place I'd like to go check out. In uh, Europe as well. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, we've been over there many times. So. Are you surprised how they seem so dedicated to the music? You uh, know, they've um, they've always you know their, their radio formats are all mixed matched and, and different than ours, and so they they it's just been a just a different culture, you know. And, and so the, the ones that are found locked are dedicated to it. We have this calm called. <laughs> 10 albums that changed my life. Would you be willing to, to do that for us? Oh, I, I can rattle off as many as I can, yeah. Yeah, well, just get, like, for instance, if you pick one and just give a reason why it... it well, the, you know, the, the Who's Quadrophenia. That's a great one. The, that, that's the greatest album of all time. And it's not even an album, it's a work of all, and it's a masterpiece, it's a, the, the, the phenomenon of nature. Yes. Um, and... It's a complex album. It's a great album. But uh, Back in Black, obviously. Yeah. Um, that suits you, know, you uh, guys. Uh, Sergeant Peppers, I like that. Yeah, did you see, did you uh, get to check out some of the uh, anniversary editions of that? I, I, have, I have not, no. I, yeah, they got a lot of, like, B-sides, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff. It sounds great, too. Uh, Aerosmith Rocks. Yep. Or, uh, what what uh, was it about Aerosmith Rocks that... You think define more than other? Def- uh, you know, just they, just they, I, they just there's something, something eerie and spooky about that damn record. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that, that 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 record came from an evil dark place, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Judas Priest screaming for vengeance. Yep, yep. Love that one. Um, Did you rush down to the record store for that one when you were a kid? Uh, yeah, that was, that was that was a big one for sure. Um, <laughs> Then I go back to uh, ACDC with, uh, like, you know, Power Age. Okay, so four more uh, would have to be uh, Queen, Night at the Opera. Yeah. That's a classic um, one. Yeah. And then, uh, then uh, um, Kiss Double Live 2. Yeah, a lot of fans love that one. Yeah, and then that leads me to more, I'd have to say, um, um Mm, God, what would be the other two? Well, what was what on was your what was on your ringtone right there? <laughs> oh, that was it. Yeah, that, yeah, that was. Uh, would you say part bl- of the Saturday Night part of the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack? Interesting. Yeah. What was it? That, yeah. Did you like the? It's that, did you that's see the biggest soundtrack? Yeah. yeah. And then and, and, yeah, and then uh, and then I'd have to go with something else kind of crazy like uh, God, I wish I could think of the name of that James Brown record. Um, oh, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, uh, live at the Apollo. You know, I'll go with that one. That sounds great. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. So there we go. There's my team. Do you think did James Brown play a lot of uh, influence with how he just when he got on stage? It was like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a. I mean, I'm a big yeah. 
like a demon yeah. took over him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 big influence. Yeah, James Brown. Because yeah. uh, James Brown, TV, right? James Brown, TV preachers and wrestling. <laughs> Do you still what? Is that what you watch on the road? The wrestling? That, that's just where all my shit came from. Where? Okay, so where? Um, where are you guys headed now? To are you on the road? We're, I'm in Sturgis getting ready for the. I'm, I'm in Sturgis getting ready for the 77th annual motorcycle rally at the Pultrano Saloon. Wow! And then where you get where? What are you guys doing for the rest of the year? What's your what are your tour plans? Uh, then we could go to Jackal.com for all the tour dates. We got just tons of tour dates coming up in the fourth yeah. quarter. What's what's your uh, what's your most exciting place to play? Do you like the clubs? Do you like the arenas? Over- not, you know what? You, you let the intro tape roll, and that's where I want to be. <laughs> and what do you guys end with every night? Uh, the lumberjack. But you do play hot and nasty, right? Uh, we, you know, we're about to start. We just—I mean, that album just came out. We just just picked it back up. And then redneck punk. Yeah, that, yeah, we that, we always play that one. That's 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 one of the last songs of the night too. Yeah, because that's a crowd pleaser, right? Yeah, well, it's just a, it's just a ball buster. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Jesse, I wish you all the best. Thanks for taking the time. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks for the word and carrying the flag, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I know it's hard to interrupt you while you're you're setting up there. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it was just a crazy day, but I appreciate your patience. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Right, bye bye. Okay, Jesse, thanks for the interview. Everyone, go to jackal dot com for more info. That's spelled J-A-C-K-Y-L dot com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay tuned for the end of the month when we have our next episode. In the meantime, you can go get the latest Goldmine mag at your local Barnes & Noble bookstores or Books A Million bookstores or indie record stores. And if you're at your indie record store and they don't have Goldmine, please ask them to order it through URP Distribution. That's URP Distribution. And also check out goldminemag.com for exclusive content. There you can give, uh, you have giveaways. We have plenty of giveaways. And there you can get a special subscription offer. Get a year of Goldmine plus an instant download of one of your, one of our record album price guides for only 25 bucks. That's quite a cool deal. And the exact link for that is goldminemag.com backslash news backslash subscribe. Take care, everyone. This is Pat Prince, the editor, and thanks for supporting Goldmine, the music collector's magazine. Bye now.